That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yay, you guys. Uh, welcome back to Side Work Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. And this is part two of our return. Yeah, which I called Catch Up and Sriracha. I think you're I so mean, smart. We're having a catch up. You know what's crazy is you have not had coffee in a year. Uh, uh, uh-uh. it's been, no. That's, the last time I had coffee was when my mom was in town in January because I was like, I'm just gonna have an americano and see how it goes. Um, and it didn't go great. It didn't go. <laughs> it did not go. Uh, it turns out I'm okay without caffeine, guys. You know, I have to say, uh, I have switched over to mushroom coffee. Mm. I mean, I'm like, I might have to contact them if we get back into having, you know, rolling some ads for brands we like and all that stuff. Sure. This brand advertised to me on Instagram. It's called um, Rise. Rise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, girl. I... I am someone I've been drinking coffee with my dad since I was 13 years old. Like I am a coffee girl. It is ingrained in my DNA. But I finally at age 44 realized it makes me feel like shit to drink it on an empty stomach first thing in the morning and yeah. sets my nervous system up for total fucking failure. Total failure. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it, Well, because, you know, the, the more research I started doing into it when I was like, oh, I shouldn't be drinking this. It's like the acidic, uh, the pH level of coffee is like on par with battery acid. <laughs> So that's fun to think about. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a nutritionist podcast I like to listen to, and they talk about um, diluting. Like, an Americano is great for you because it's just that little shot of espresso, mm-hmm. and then it's diluted with water. So it's, like, mm. not as concentrated as, like, a full steeped, like, pot of coffee, depending on how you drink it, as far as, like, acidity and how much the caffeine could really affect you and make you cray cray you know cray cray um yes i i did have a little bit of um adaptogen tea with a little green tea in it earlier this week that i kind of diluted with water and i did fine on it yeah well the um, reason the reason i like this rise mushroom coffee is because like it does have a little bit of caffeine in it mm-hmm. but it's like blanketed and sandwiched between like you said like all the adaptogenic mm-hmm. mushrooms so yeah. 
it, like it goes down in a way where I'm like, ooh, like like they're not lying. I always think people just want to lie to me, you know? And I was like, <laughs> nothing will ever replace coffee for me. And just one day I was like, I am just shaking like a leaf every morning and I already have anxiety problems. Like I've just, again, we've all been on these journeys. Like you've been on a gut healing journey. I've mm-hmm. been like on a which is tangential, tangential and sort of the same as like getting my nervous system balanced because they just keep learning more and more that my anxiety and panic is not like a brain disorder. It's nope. mostly your nervous system right. and your vagus nerve that are fucking out of whack, which then send messages to do the whole fight or flight thing. So it's not like, I don't know, it's crazy. I've spent many years being like, oh, I'm sick and I have a mental health and I'm not diminishing any of it, but so much of the healing you can do is actual physical not just going my brain's broken no and a lot of it is because of inflammation when you're talking about nervous system stuff that's it's really interesting to go like get neuropathy treatments done with like acupuncture you know uh, this is the esthetician and me talking right now but like like drinking adaptogen teas every day or having something like mushrooms is going to help to fight and combat inflammation and when we're fighting that our organs work better we're getting like our, our, we're able to heal ourselves better. Our nervous systems chill out. So like these are the, th- and we're just combated by bullshit every single day. Yeah. Whether it's air, whether it's what we drink, whether it's what we eat, whether it's the stress we get. And so these are the things that help us reset. And adaptogens are some of the only things that are actually proven to be like anti-cancerous and anti-inflammatory on the body that are like totally natural. Um, so I'm a big fan of all that. I mean, I mean, listen, we, we had you, you're, you're like a cider slut and a mushroom bitch. And yeah. And I love you for that. And it took me a while to kind of, you know, cause like habits die hard, man. Like coffee is an emotional thing too. But oh, it's ritual. It's beautiful. It's ritual I mean, I but. still, I'll still get a decaf Americano just cause I want the flavor, you know, like it's not, it's not the same. It's like drinking Coke zero, you know, kind of, but I don't even do that that often. But it's, it, but I need like the flavor of coffee, the smell of it. It's just, it's so inviting. It's so like, mm, gimme. But, um, it's cr- but like, I, I think the larger point of me also saying this was like servers before a shift, you know, how like everyone kind of has their like, I got to ramp up on something. And whether it's super unhealthy, whether mm-hmm. it is just, you know, slamming coffee before a shift, but then you're jittery, then you're overrun, your tables get on your nerves, you can't handle it. I am like telling you, you should have like a cup of this rise shit and it gives you focus. It makes you feel really calm and happy and good, but it's also giving you the little jolt that caffeine does. I don't know. I just kind of thought I'm like, man, like if only I'd had something like this before comedy shows or before a shift at a restaurant. Oh my God. Any of that stuff. I just read this article in Food and Wine that talks about how how like different um, catering at rock shows is and how it's completely turned a corner where now everything is so healthy and mindful where it just used to be like sticks and cigarettes and cocaine, <laughs> whiskey, and now it's like smoothie bars and you know, it's like a lot of meditation and like healthy, uh, yummy shit, you know, so you can perform to the best of your ability like what a fucking concept to like give your staff at a restaurant like healthy delicious fuel and then in tune makes them like their body work better 
and then their brains work better and then they do a better job for your business. What a fucking I mean, concept. What a concept. I know. I know. I just I just had to it, 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 I had to publicly say it that you you finally dragged me onto the mushroom train. <laughs> I was kick- it was kicking and screaming. I didn't want to do it. And and these are not like the giggly ones. These are like just the pure. Oh yeah. You know, you these can- are the ones for your brain. These are the ones for your organs. These your are the ones tummy. for your gut. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Anyways, I just have to. Yeah, I just have to thank you publicly. Oh my god, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Um, so let's dive into. We have so many headlines, you guys. I'm gagged by all of this fun shit that we get to talk to you about today. Um, Brooke, you kick us off with this oh, first sure. headline because well, it is fantastic. It is a great, uh, basically kind of t- tag on to where we ended last week's episode when we were talking about these poor employees who were interrogated by a fake priest hired by their narcissistic, completely illegal in nature criminal boss. And now we're like, restaurants we got to get above board here the time Mm -hmm. is coming the numbers up soon and we got to figure it out but here's the weird thing while we're stuck in the in-between of everyone going everyone saying we have to change but it is still the system that it is meaning these are tip-based earners so a report just came out that finds gen z is rejecting everything they've been taught about tipping and that it could be the start of a big shift cool but before we get you know, all into like everyone heaping praise on Gen Z and they're going to change, you know, the world and blah, blah, blah. The problem is, though, just because they don't believe in this tipping culture, it also means they are the worst tippers, (laughs) apparently, of all Americans that are out dining at the moment where, come on, you got it said boomers are still the best tippers for some reason. I would say Gen X is. They're saying 35, just 35% of Gen Zers like, yeah, are tip tipping at and sit down restaurants, which is like, wow, where they're not good. That's not good, Gen Z. And so basically, like, you know, they're saying um, that even though Gen Z has the least money to spend, but but they're still going out to eat at restaurants and deciding to screw ah, the tipped workers so they can spend the little money they have on themselves by then kind of standing on a weird soapbox and being like, I don't believe that my money needs to go in your pocket. And also, I don't believe in this system. And it's like, OK, but the system is what it is. Right. Little, the system hasn't sweetheart. changed yet. Yeah. Like, then let's all fight to change the system because right. that's not the fucking case. Then, And here's the thing. The more uh, it's 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 so fickle too because like yes you have to tip things are getting more and more expensive they're more expensive than they've mm-hmm. ever been you know yes. which is crazy and the more labor goes up you know I was just talking with a friend who owns like two restaurants and a bar in L.A. the more labor goes up especially L.A. is uh, about to like they're gonna have to match West Hollywood and I think West Hollywood is now like. $18 an hour for service for service industry workers. Mm-hmm. And LA is going to match that. And that's going to mean $18 cocktails across the board. And right. that's just what Which... has to happen to like equal it out. Now I'm, I'm talking LA. There's still right. plenty of fucking places in, in this country where people are making $2 and 13 cents an hour. Right. 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 And that is, is the rub, you know, that's if, if you're, if something costs $10 now and you're not tipping off someone doing that, I mean, you should be tipping across the board in general. Period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just a situation where it's basically like 
the inflation obviously took all of our money for right. grocery store goods, going out to eat, you know, because restaurants get hit in there you know, bank account as well. But everyone being like, how much money for this steak? Well, I still want it. I'm just going to make sure the server doesn't, you know, get that extra $10 that they're like, I'm going to take that extra $10 and give it to the steak and the restaurant, but not the person who waited on me as a tipped earner. And that that thinking is just unfortunately very wrong because it's like the other thing, too, is like the the pandemic, you know, basically gave a lot of people also just like they're saying there's tipping fatigue because you know now you go everywhere and someone's turning that white screen around at you for like every transaction you make and you're like wait I'm just getting stamps am I supposed to tip my yeah, postal yeah, worker like what's happening I know I know it is it it has made it hard for the tipped industries I've worked in tipped industries my entire career yes whether that's like waiting tables, bartending, and now as an esthetician, the beauty industry is a gratuity-driven industry as well. And even in this article, it says it's not just restaurants, that 60% right. of women um, and 46% of men are like only tipping their their stylists, their mm-hmm. barbers, um, and you know, and it is not good. Like, you know, I feel like people used to tip I have seen it like firsthand where people I'm just, you know, I put people in trances for a living also. So it's like people kind of walk out with a glowing face and like half awake and they're like, that was amazing. And I get sometimes they forget. But I feel like in some ways I I, I don't you know, I think it's okay to be like, and if you here's the gratuity, like here's how this works, you know, Mm -hmm. like and they're always like, oh, right. You know, I don't feel like it's some sort of gratuity guilt where it's like at the end, you're just like, I don't flip a screen, you know, so it's. Until the standards fully change, this is how the game is played. You know, this is how it is played. And and Gen Z, we love you. Come come work with us and come work with these old Gen Xers to help unionize and change the nature of this horrible thing that we're all trapped in. But it's like talking about unionizing across the board and and getting on board with that. But it's like until it happens, and every server who wants this job still is guaranteed a livable income that's salaried or at least like a really, really high base pay plus tips then if someone wants to tip them or not, you know, um, you, you, you don't get to just opt out of it because it's part of a generation that you're like, I was born into this shit and I don't agree with it. And it's like, well, sorry, hon, one day you're going to have one of these jobs too. So yeah, well, I, all the, all the cool Gen Zers I know are in the service industry anyway. So it's like, I don't even, you know, that's just me. That's just, that's just the crowd I roll with. If I'm hanging with Gen Z, they're usually bartending and waiting tables. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But then it is, it is California where it is really good. Like you were saying. Absolutely. So I I think this applies, you know, as we span out of our little liberal bubble. Little liberal um, bubble. Little liberal bubble. I think too, like, it'd be really interesting Maybe this, I'll write this down as a note, but to just really go down all the things that should be tipped for, period, and how much is appropriate. Because like, so when someone's like, but my facial costs $200, Andrea, like they don't know that you have to pay. Um, Like that $200 is not going to you. So the, you know, and again, like that system could be rethought. And there are all these things going in where people just think you pocket all the money. And it's like, no, I have to pay for my chair here, my time, the supplies that I'm allowed to use for Mm -hmm. you. And you're like, and I'm not the owner of these things. So I get a certain percentage. So when you give me gratuity, that literally does that part goes to just me. 
Absolutely. You know, there's and just it, so much people don't understand. It incentivizes me, you know, so I can keep doing this job so you can keep coming back to have your wonderful treatments. Ooh, and you know what I could do? So basically they quote Lizzie Post in this article who is the granddaughter of Emily Posts, who was an etiquette expert who was... um. Was it Reader's Digest or so sorry? She's really famous, and I'm just forgetting like the new the, the New York Post, like like old time early 1900s etiquette expert. She's very very famous. So I actually got to meet her granddaughter Lizzie Post because Lizzie is um, a weed etiquette expert also among oh. right. She's like here's the proper you know way to handle any situation when it comes to weed. You know, mm. she's really great, but she also does all of the classic things, and so we could probably get her on the podcast and we could go down the entire gold standard list of every industry that needs to be tipped. And, and so, but her at her attitude is tipping is, is non-negotiable. You Correct. need to tip. And she's like, you have the latitude to decide how much you want to tip and you do not need to explain your reasoning, but you must tip for X, Y, and Z and all these things. So I'll see if I could get her. I would love that. She's that the be... nicest, coolest. And then, yeah, she could talk about weed etiquette. Pass it on to everybody. Give me your fucking money right now. All right. This next headline, what I want to talk about. So, you know, in part one, we started, we, we, we briefly talked about striking everything that's going on with it. There's so many different um, groups across the board, labor groups across the board that are striking, but fast food workers are organizing like crazy, mm-hmm. especially here in California. Um, so, you know, e- even as of last week, hundreds of employees at restaurants like McDonald's and Domino's have been picketing. Um, and for years, LA fast food workers have been organizing to demand better conditions in their industry, facing lowest wages, tough working conditions, um, and even the highest levels of homelessness, homelessness amongst workers, right? So people who are under house but still get paid shit to work at um fast food joints so basically what happened was um gavin newsom signed into law a bill um 257 the fast recovery act which would basically put fast food workers in check by organizing like a panel and um, of like 10 people to oversee all the fast food uh franchises in California to make sure that um, basically like working dish conditions are good for workers and that they're getting paid fair wages. Um, so the blowback to this is that the people who are fighting this, like the f- people who own the franchises like McDonald's, like they're saying that because they're franchises that you're basically attacking small business owners. Okay. Mm-hmm. And people don't like, I, the franchise, I feel like, I feel like buying a franchise to a McDonald's is like a pyramid scheme in so right. many ways, like, right. because you're still owned by like this overlord, right? If you own a franchise to like a, a fast food chain where they're sucking like so much money from the actual owner of the franchiser. And they also put rules on the owner of the franchise to be like, you can't treat your employees well by paying them more. You'll be breaking a contract like that. They sign contracts like this. Um, And so basically like this bill has been put like on hold and they're discussing it to see if like, because people are trying to fight it. I know it seems like a lot, but 
meanwhile, fast food for fast food workers are fed the fuck up because they're being treated like shit, working 12 hour shifts and still being below the poverty line. You know, there's a woman in this article, um, and this is a KCRW article that I'm that I'm getting the information from saying that they were forced to do cleanup. And, you know, and it's like, well, why can't McDonald's like hire a cleaning crew to do covid cleanup? Like, why are we the ones stuck doing this? You know? there's and we've talked about terrible terrible work conditions in fast food joints before Brooke oh my god I mean it's backbreaking and dangerous and just again with the because it is quick serve and it gives oh it's so like you don't get tipped like it's like you're Mm -mm. They act like you're paid enough, and it's like that's not enough to live on. They, there was no. literally a bunch of people were standing with uh, a woman who was striking against Waffle House. She's like, "I have worked here with you for 27 years, and I still make $14 an hour. I, I'm like your most faithful employee. You know, I've been here through it all, and you can't give me a respectful living wage." And she's broken. I mean, she was like 40. Uh, seven or something like that and she was a hard 47 you are just and I'm not saying that in a mean way I'm saying like the work breaks you the poverty of it breaks you and absolutely and this was definitely a smaller town in it was probably a more southern state so you know like that just might be the good job for her there because like I don't want to hear any we'll get a different job like like people keep these jobs because of close proximity to where they live and dependable and you know but the the rate of what they're paid is just fucking disgusting when she's like it's terrible yeah so the fast act or it's called the fast food recovery act right so Mm -hmm. it's it, it will regulate everything from wages to working conditions um and it's slated uh, to go up for final vote or the decision in November 2024. And if nothing happens, it'll eventually pass. Um, but, you know, the powers of, of would include that you'd get a $22 minimum wage an hour and give annual raises of 3.5%, better standard working conditions, max hours work, Social Security, insurance, all these things could be guaranteed if this passes. And this, and this will also go, there's this... It's so fucking crazy. There's this list of bills and ballots that are like up, not just in California, but like across the board in the country that are called job killers. And this is on that list because they're saying it would like kill so many jobs because you're basically like making it really hard for like people to like hit their bottom line. So this will create less jobs and more jobs, like because you're treating people better. I'm confused yeah, about whatever. it. And, yeah. And let's, let's not forget that you're going to try and replace us all with robots at the end of the day anyway. So, so <laughs> cut it out, like cut out crime more crocodile. I know old flippy. I miss flippy. We got to We got to check in on flippy and see how that robot's doing. <laughs> how that burger flipping AI piece of shit's doing. Um, I know where they're like, where, where our bottom line, they want to replace you with a Roomba, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah, just, you got to get this money out of them. We, it, this is just the message that keeps coming through loud and clear. The top percent, one percent of this fucking country that that we do all the good things, we do the hard work, and now we're crying that we can't pay bills. We can't as inflation goes up and all these companies gets written you know, get richer while we're still stuck at, you know, I can't even get into this whole like 
entertainment industry strike because you're like, what the like, this is so crazy that these rich motherfuckers can't even lose like 0.2% of their overall annual salary, which for some of them is in the billions, which would give everyone a quality of life for the creative work that they do to put TV you love on air. Absolutely. But it's, it's just, just, you know, it's mirroring all these other industries that are also right. upset. It's the same shit. It's just a different, it's just a different industry, but it's the same story. And right. that's why so many people are striking across the board. Right. Yeah. Right. I know. And it's crazy because the talk of strikes coming up left and right in a lot of, cause like all the, um, basically a lot of the, you know, app driven jobs, Instacart, Uber, you name it. Um, they all sign independent contractor, uh, you know, contracts um which was part of this bill that passed it was like prop 22 or something it's really bad they can't be held as employees so the companies are making even more money they changed the business model and so these shoppers are getting less and less money as the years go by even though we know like groceries are booming there's inflation there's all this shit happening so like they're talking about like how do we figure out and unionize because i guess grubhub workers in canada figured it out and did it but the problem, and I get this right, is if you're already making $40 a day because you had a bad day on Instacart or whatever, like people are like, I literally cannot put my family in danger to go strike. And that's the part that sucks is they want us to be so poor that we mm-hmm. can't fight them. Mm-hmm. And it's like- but that's pe- been happening forever. Like, this for, is- for centuries. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's we're in a real interesting time. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Shame on you! Shame on you! Shame on you! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And should we? I feel like we should just segue right while into we're this While we're at it, yes, Next headline. This. Oh, my God. All right. So this, guys, because, because of basically everything that we're talking about and because restaurants are still so understaffed and have had a hard time like since the pandemic like getting things you know fully fully staffed and back up to speed more states are letting teenagers serve alcohol according to the cnn headline and uh in bars and restaurants as a part of a growing rollback of child labor protection across the u.s so since 2021 and we've talked about this before on the podcast Nine states have introduced bills to lower the minimum wage for uh, serving alcohol. According oh, the minimum to age. Minimum sorry. age. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, age, age. Sorry. I'm, you know, so much to talk about both, but minimum age. Yes. Um. So seven states like Iowa, Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, New Mexico, and Alabama have all enacted these <laughs> lowering the age to let little babies serve us alcohol. Okay. So more states are pushing to follow. Wisconsin legislators are seeking to lower the alcohol serving age from 18 to 14 years old. 14 14 years old. 
Idaho wants to make it 19 to 17. So the restaurants and industry groups like the National Restaurant Association or the other RNA or NRA, God, ah, the other NRA um, (laughs) have pushed these bills um, as they face challenges hiring workers. And we all know that National Restaurant Association sucks. Um, Of course they would. Of course they would push it. Anything called the NRA sucks. The leisure and hospitality sector has had 1.3 million jobs open in May, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So around 80% of restaurant operators say they currently have job openings that are tough to fill. And that's why they're like, well, why don't we just throw some kids in there? And what is the first thing that comes to mind if you think of a 14-year-old serving men alcohol? There are so many thoughts racing through my head. Serving- well, first of all, if you can get her to put down her TikTok, uh, no slam. Sorry, that's grown adults. Oh, that's us too. No, no. But I mean, I well, I was gonna say before I go down a very dark road of true crime and such a problematic. We do not. Oh, oh my God. I'm also like, no wonder they want kids to work because who's even easier to take advantage of than grown adults who are fighting for fair wages? I know. It's being like, yeah, you're going to get this $2.13 and fucking love it, kid. And I, 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 there's just there's everything wrong with it. It's not giving them an opportunity. It's creating more opportunity to take advantage of American work workforce. Yeah, it is putting a much higher risk for teenagers <laughs> to get sexual harassment under and underage drinking uh, it says other harms which we all know what i think we can all think about what the other harms would be um you know and i just think that the rest and the restaurant industry already has the highest number of labor laws law violations according to the economic policy institute anyway so we we can we could barely get out alive as 20 something going into 30 year olds of surviving all of the work abuses, sexual harassment, dangerous situations you're placed in. And it is like with no union, no protection, the idea of putting a 14-year-old 14 year in old. a bar literally makes me want to die. Now, like we've had friends come on the podcast who got bartending jobs at 16 because they lied and they wanted to. They fucking or they, wanted or they grew, to. They grew up in a They grew up in bar. the bar. You, you know, know, that is I, yeah, so I different. Was 19 when I started, when I was legally allowed to serve alcohol in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And all that made me want to do was drink the alcohol. And <laughs> I'm not going to, I was just like, I want to hang out with alcohol. Hey, I serve it. This. Why can't, you know? Everyone's so cool. Th- you're thrust into that. We, the industry that we have to, we, that's why we have this podcast. That's part of it. You know, it's like, but suddenly suddenly our demographic starts being a bunch of 14 year olds who are chain smoking and listening to our podcast like i just had a fucking double slinging suds right and and, you know it's been about a hundred years since child labor laws were enacted like you know and this is rolling them back completely yeah there is no shame there is i this is the most mind-boggling headline I yeah. think we've ever oh, yeah. maybe in, had on the In podcast. March, Arkansas rolled back the number of child labor protections across the state, uh, including a measure that had required employees to obtain work certificates for children under 16. Um, and, you know, since 2018, the U.S. Department of Labor has seen a 69% increase in children being employed illegally by companies. A lot of this is happening in meat packing plants 
you know, across it, it's a ton of it is happening in meatpacking plants. If, um, is, and not only that, it's like your kids are being employed in very hazardous work environments too. Like not only can like, you know, your 13 year old kid lose a finger at a meatpacking plant, but they could probably either like grow up to get cancer by the time they're in their twenties because they're working with hazard chemicals, hazardous chemicals. This is why this truly, this, this, this country's like this earth, this country is like a ball of fire. Like it's, it's about to completely implode just cause you're sitting here. I just can't wrap my mind around the fact that it's like, <sighs> In so many other countries, I think I've told you this before, and we've been to Iceland together. So Mm -hmm. there is a type of work that in, I've told you, like a lot of young people in general and teenagers all have jobs that are like working at the car rental, working at all the kiosks where you get your food, where you're like, because our country is so terrible and doesn't allow access to well-paying jobs for adults with any sort of skill set. That's why you've got 65-year-olds still working at Waffle House because Mm -hmm. there's no other type of reasonable employment they can get where other countries, these jobs are considered jobs for children and they have deep levels of protection. They have a lot of protection as young people working. They get their fair wages. It's a safe environment to grow up and to actually be a well-balanced, you know, young person who then moves into whatever their next choice of career is. But that's, I think that's just what blows my mind is the fact that, you know, that we are about to exploit children now. I know. I mean, Once even again? even Lana Del Rey is working at Waffle House. I now, know Brooke. that crazy. <laughs> God, I I love her. She's down in the middle of nowhere. She was in she was in Arkansas. She, uh, it was Alabama. Alabama. And, uh, yeah. But like, there's two. There's Muscle Shoals, and then there's another. I think it's like Fame. There's two really awesome recording studios around that aren't too far from that area. And then there's a reference in one of her songs, Paris, Texas, uh, that references Florence. I think it's Florence, Alabama. So then that's what the Waffle House she was working at in there. So I think that's why she she may know. have been kind of prepping for a music video or a stunt mm-hmm. or something fun like yeah. that. Either way, of, though, of she, course, of course, Lana Del Rey is working at Waffle House. You know, I, I had to love that. I had to love that. But oh, my gosh, you guys buckle up, you know, get those kids if if they can. Um, I just. I feel I feel for this this really, really young generation, like learning active shooter drills and then going straight to clock into your bar job. Yeah. <laughs> what I the know. fucking fuck? Help! Let's end on some happier news. We pulled some great stories about serving from uh, our favorite Reddit thread called Server Life. And uh, we'll end on funnier, goofier notes. How does that sound? Sounds great. Works for me. Okay, I'll start with one. The title of this uh, Reddit thread was a deaf table is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. Not not and deaf meaning hearing impaired. Um, And it's crazy in a good way. Okay, this is a great story. So I've been serving for years and never had a table where everyone was fully deaf. It was a six top and I knew the host was and I knew the host at the restaurant was going to school for sign language. So I went to go get her. As she was sitting me another six top, we were busy and I don't mind getting sat several times uh, with tables. So she's I was trying to get the host to translate for me, but we were very busy when I was suddenly sat another table. Now I've got two tables. I already had two four tops and three six tops. Now I have 18 new guests and I'm trying to communicate with a fully deaf table with no interpreter. (laughs) 
This is where it becomes the best thing that could ever happen after getting triple sat. The table next to the deaf table had one person that knew how to sign. I went from, oh, fucked, this is really happening, to the lady at the other table. Oh, wait, she says, I went from, oh, fuck, to suddenly, is this really happening? The lady at the other table signed and told me then what they all wanted. It was amazing. People can be so cool. Now, at the end of the meal for the deaf people, I signed thinking I said thank you, uh, but I did it wrong under the chin instead of over the mouth. I felt so bad until they were all laughing. I tried to sign I'm sorry, and that was also wrong. (laughs) The great tips on both tables, I felt like an ass, still do, but I couldn't have had a better experience serving though. And thank you to the lady that translated for me. You could not have been kinder. Oh my God, what a great story. So good. Yeah, so I've good. never, I mean, I was just like, you're not prepared for those situations if no. they happen. No, not at all. Not one bit, but. But I something mean, good to think about. Worst case scenario, have a plan in mind where at the very least get some pen and paper. That was yeah. my instant sort of like. Absolutely. You can like, get through it together. Get through it know. together, you know. Um, And also great side hustle to learn sign language. Sign language. Absolutely. Okay, let's jump into this next one. Um, so it's Comic Con weekend, which was recent, last weekend. Yeah, yeah, recently, and I worked at a busy downtown restaurant next to the Civic Center, so everyone was coming in in dressed up after getting their thrills at the event. Anyways, a fellow server was waiting on a four top. The guys, one of whom was dressed up as Spider Man, only got pizza and soda, so the check came to forty fifty. And they left, and when she grabbed the checkbook, there was only $40, no tip, not even enough to cover the bill. No tipping is one thing, that's part of the game, but you do not leave enough to pay for your bill? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were going to learn today, for sure. I tell my coworker that they just left, and let's see if we can catch him outside. And she's hesitant, but she comes with me. We run out the front door. We look left, nothing. We look right, and we see Spidey and the crew about a block away. <laughs> she says it's too late, and I scream at the top of my lungs, Hey, Spider-Man, you didn't pay your bill! Got his attention. We flagged them back, and I tell them that they shorted the check by 50 cents and didn't leave a tip, so they never need to come back in. No, they need to come <laughs> oh, back they in. Need, oh, sorry. <laughs> they need to come back in, and come back in, which they did. Total walk of shame. And at this point, I get my... Uh, I get back to my tables. My manager told me that they had to charge one of their cards for a half a dollar. (laughs) She pressed them about leaving a tip and they said they didn't have enough money. So my manager told them they shouldn't go out to eat them. My coworker still didn't get a tip, but I think we felt better about the whole thing and getting uh, by having to drag them back in. That's a good yeah, one. That's a uh, server justice right there. That's great. That server is justice. server social justice and shame on you. You're a superhero. You are supposed to be here protecting us, the people, even Ugh. the tip based earners, buddy. Yeah. Fucking Gen tool. Z fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. What a Gen Z Spidey. I, and I love too that like because of the strike, no actors or characters from all of the beloved everything that is Comic-Con oh, was allowed to there. be there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'd probably be like, I'm probably, I'm not, well, yeah, we know that they probably had extra money because they're not spending it all on like the actor swag. So I don't like the Spider-Man story that they didn't have enough money to tip. 
Oh, Truly, boy, oh you, boy. you will. Yeah, you you save up all your money, you get a fucking lightsaber, and uh, you know whatever else, and to get an autograph from, I guess, a TikToker. Like I don't know who was there. Every so I have a couple people who were like my fucking sisters there. She, like she's like she knows there's no one there, but she's pissed and still went, and she's just texting me from Comic Con, complaining how lame it is. That is hilarious. Oh, I love it. Gen Z Spidey is our new. That's might have to be a subtitle for this one. (laughs) I'll write it down. Makes it so good. Oh man, I feel pumped. I feel good. Um, you guys, we hope that you have been enjoying uh the second episode since we are back and we have a lot more coming at you. Meanwhile. Uh, you know, obviously get us those server submitted stories. I think personally we took a big break so you guys could accumulate more stories. Exactly. I think that's why we did it. Maybe Cats we drained out of the bag. You. Yep, we mm-hmm. drained you. We wanted you guys to hit the reset button also. Yeah, we're, right? we're, we're server submitted story vampires and mm-hmm. we wanted you to replenish your good yummies. So send them back our way, please. Sidewardpod at gmail.com. Yeah, and other than that, yep, you know what we say at the end of every episode, Godspeed. And good tips. Gen Z. Gen Z. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.